Well, we're going to be looking at uh, Genesis for a few weeks, and um, this is really where the story of salvation in the Bible begins. Uh, and uh, we're going to look now at Genesis chapter 12. So if you've got your Bibles, perhaps you'd like to keep them open. Uh, you will often hear me say that. Uh, keep your Bibles open. Check what I'm saying. Because, you know, if I say something, and you have every right to say, Sezu, uh, where did you get that from? And uh, so please do follow. And um, we're going to have a look at the scripture together. Getting a bit warm, actually. Okay, well, moving house is quite a stressful thing, as we've just discovered and we were talking about earlier. And that is um, precisely what uh, Abraham did. He, he followed a call to move not only his house, but if you look at the text carefully, uh, to leave his country, his people, and his father's household. Not only to lose house, but lo- to move everything. And... Um, that's quite an undertaking. Now, um, Karen and I was, you know, just uh, moved from Bristol, and I have to say it was a very quite emotional time. Um, in fact, uh, when I got the phone call from Paul to say that you'd called me here, um, Ka- Karen was a, a kind of all for getting on the phone to, um, to, to phone our daughter and, t- and tell, her, tell them. Um, I-, I was just shocked, because I suddenly realised the implication of what saying yes meant. You know, it's easy to say yes, isn't it? But then the implications of that decision uh, are quite enormous because um, what we are leaving behind in Bristol were a lot of very good friends, people that we've uh, grown grown to know and love for over over nearly 11 years. Um, in, In a sense, if you move job as a pastor, it's not just changing job, it's actually you're losing, it's your family as well. Um, so not only our church family, but also, I mean, our younger daughter, Kate, had just moved to Totterdown. Um, thankfully, her, husband lives in, her husband's parents live in Isle Abbott, so they can now visit both parents-in-law in one go. So that's quite, quite handy. Um, but, you know, saying goodbye to family and friends and relatives is hard. It's hard because there's lots of jobs that are unfinished, there's always unfinished work, uh, especially in ministry. And, uh, and I think, well, I could have done that, and I could have done that. But actually, when God calls you, he doesn't need you to finish that work. He's obviously got someone else to do that. That's my prayer, anyway. <clears throat> um, then other things that we have to leave behind. Um, we leave behind our reputation. Now, that could be good or bad. And... Um, Leaving behind a reputation, somewhere where you've built a reputation over 11 years, is quite difficult. Actually, last week there was a, an article, a whole-page article in the local newspaper, uh, an interview that was done with me by, uh, by a, a guy who I work with in the park. And I haven't actually got a copy of it yet, but I think I blush a little bit when they say nice things about you, you know. But you leave behind a reputation, and then you go somewhere new, and you've got no reputation. You can't depend on that at all. You can only depend on who you are, what's happening now, and you have to start all over again. So Abraham would have had to have done that. He left all of his country in, in Ur and Haran, and uh, he left all that country, uh, country and culture behind, and he went off to somewhere new. Now, it's also possible that when you move, that you leave behind old wounds, 
Now, Karen and I have had a wonderfully blessed time, to be quite honest. Um, uh, in, in the last 10 or 11 years, it's been a great calling. Uh, we, we took some wounds with us from before, but actually, um, you know, when we leave something behind, we have to learn to deal with the negative stuff as well. One thing you can't do is leave your memories behind. Now, that's either good or bad, isn't it? Because um, the good thing is, do you ever have this problem? I, I can't remember the things I want to forget. No, hang on. I can't, I can't remember the things I want to remember, and I can't forget the things I, I don't want to remember. You know, um, do, do we have that problem? And I guess if we, if we go back into our, into our mind, we, we, we will have a whole mixture of, of people, of, of thoughts and, and memories. The thing is, to, to, to move on, we need to be able to heal that, don't we? We take the past, we, we count our blessings, we, we learn from, from, the, from, the, from the hard times, and we have to learn to forgive and let go of the wounds so that we can move on. And that's all a big process. And when you're moving house and moving everything, actually all that is going on uh, at the same time. And I know that, and as we journey together, it'll be, it'll be good to, to hear your story, to, uh, to, to get to know you. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to learn a few, a few names. Um, but it will be good to, to hear your story, and, but, but most of all, to look forward to where God is calling us now. And that, that's the most important thing that we want to be doing. But sometimes, you know, people are reluctant to move. As I say, we were a bit reluctant because actually we liked it in Totterdown, even though we didn't want to go to Bristol. We didn't want to go to a city, but we did love it there. And there was so much happening. And um, last night was our first folk club that we missed. There was a Scottish singer called Ewan McLennan who was singing at our club last night and... We weren't there. I think it's about the first one. We've, no, we missed one in February, didn't we? But, but uh, you know, a lot of things that we leave behind, but actually, we're reluctant to move, but we do need to. Now, I think, actually, Abraham was a bit reluctant to move. Again, let's go back to the text and read it very carefully. What does the first line say? This is just to make sure you're awake, you know, just... You haven't got your glasses. Someone who has got glasses and good vision. Yeah, no, the very first line. No, read it carefully. Mm. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people. I wonder how long Abraham had been hanging around waiting to move before he did it. We don't know. The Lord had said then if you go back to the end of chapter 11, you'll realise that his father Terah was called to Canaan to leave for Canaan some years before, and he went off with all his household, but they got to Haran and they settled there. They said, oh, this is a nice place. We'll stay in Haran. So actually, maybe there is a little bit of a hint of reluctance here that actually Abraham did know that he was meant to carry on to Canaan, but for some reason or another, they'd been hanging around in Haran, and eventually, in this passage, this is where Abraham actually obeys and starts to, to go where God says. So, um, that's the past. Some, we don't know when God had said that to him, but at some point, God had told him to move. Um, and now, he says, go to the land I will show you. So he says, he'd said it sometime in the past, and now he's saying, go to somewhere where I will show you. I'm not going to show you quite yet where you're going. 
But you just need to take that first step of actually stepping out of your comfort zone, leaving uh, the things that you're holding on to, and, and moving towards what I have in store for you. I wonder if we're a bit like that when God asks us to do something. A bit reluctant? Or are we, yes, I'm up for it, Lord? Uh, Karen and I watched a great film last night, Eddie the Eagle. It is a really great film. And there was, a, you know, the young man, uh, when he was really small, I'm going to be an Olympian. And he was rubbish at everything. He tripped over, uh, uh, and yet there he goes. He lands up being an Olympian, and he does the 90 meter. Uh, really, if you want a really good feel-good factor film, uh, watch Eddie the Eagle. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, but not all of us are quite as Eddie the Eagles. Yes, I'll go down the 90-meter jump. Um, some of us are more, uh, should we say, reluctant. And the thing that actually pulls us forward is God's promise. God's call, but God's promise. Uh, Abraham would not have left home had it not have been for the promise of something good. Is that right? Uh, the call is accompanied... Uh, by the carrot, if you like, the call, uh, the promise. And um, God says, I will make you into a great nation. That's difficult. I will bless you. Wonderful. I like to be blessed. And I will make your name great. And here we are, uh, nearly 4,000 years later, still talking about Abraham. Uh, his name is great, and, and he became the, the founding father of three great world religions. Uh, the first of all, the Jews, then the Christians, and of course the Muslims also uh, claim their links back to Abraham. We won't go into that just at the moment. Then he says, you will be a blessing. Not only will you be blessed, but you will be a blessing. I wonder if we're more keen to be blessed than to be a blessing. Well, the only reason that God blesses us is that we might bless other people. Uh, and that was the whole key uh, of, of Abraham, as we see when Paul talks about Abraham in the New Testament, that actually Abraham was not called just to bless his own people, but actually to bless the whole, the many peoples, the whole world. And if God blesses you, you need to be a blessing. So I, I hope that five-head people are going to be blessing people. People who are always wanting to bless other people because that's, that is the way in which uh, the gospel spreads when we spread blessing. And there's the promise. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What a great promise. Then the next step, obedience. Obedience. So, verse 4, so Abraham left as the Lord had told him. What an obedient chap. Yes, that's what we need. We need a call. We need a promise. We also need obedience to do whatever God calls us. Um, I would remind you at this point, um, in case you, know, you think this doesn't apply to you, Abraham was 75 years old at this point, at which he moved house and left his country. So I, I'm not going to make any judgments, but I think that might include um, some here uh, who are... Uh, and, whether you're young or whether you're old, actually, God might well have something for you that he wants you to do. It may not be as big as moving to a new country, and, uh, but, but Abraham was, was 75. So just bear that in mind. You're never too old and you're never too young for God to call you and bless you and use you. So was Abraham completely obedient? 
Let's have a look at the text. Was he completely obedient? So Abraham left as the Lord had told him. What comes next? And Lot went with him. What did God say to him? Leave your father's household. Well, everyone apart from Lot. Take Lot, my nephew. And as we know, that small, if you like, disobedience, I'm, this is my interpretation. You can, you're welcome to, to challenge this. I know Paul, Paul's an Old Testament expert. So God said, leave your father's household, but he took Lot with him. And he got into a lot of trouble. That's meant to be a little joke. So just, 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 yeah, a lot of trouble. A lot caused him a lot of problems, didn't he? Um, later on, as, you, as you'll see in the story. So there's a little tiny bit. I mean, Abraham was not a perfect person. None of the people in the Bible, apart from Jesus, are perfect, which gives me hope. Um, so, um, Abraham took Lot, but he also took Sarai, his wife, that's fair enough, he was allowed to take his wife. He also took all of his possessions, accumulated Gosh, the, uh, the, our, our removals men told us we got too much stuff for a three-bedroom house. But you do accumulate stuff, don't you? You do. Uh, and I think it's, it's very, uh, you know, good idea every so often to look at your stuff and say, have I got too much stuff? Or is there stuff I can get rid of? But actually, Abram took all of his possessions with him. I wonder what kind of, how they fitted them on a camel, but at any rate. Also, the people they acquired... I mean, he would have had servants, he would have had uh, slaves, household, you know, that was their culture. So he took it all with him, including some of his relatives. Um, I think God wants us to travel light. I, I really do. I think we, we, we are in such an age of clutter. One of the things you notice if you go to a big town like Taunton or Bristol, almost every other block there is a huge yellow building or other colour building saying self-storage. And people have got so much, sometimes you need to do it if you're going abroad or, you know, you're going, temporarily moving. But some people just rent storage because they've got so much stuff that they can't do without it. And they've got to find a place to, sorry if anyone's got one of these lots. Um, but, 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 you know, you know, we do have too much stuff, don't we? And then you go on the, on the you know, you open, turn a telly on and they're trying to sell you more stuff that you need. Well any rate, travel light. And then I like this bit. They set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. That must be the shortest travel journal ever, mustn't it? Yeah. So we don't know anything about the journey, but we know that they arrived in the land of Canaan. Um, but what did Abraham do when he arrived? Let's have a look now. What, what did he do when he, when he got to the land of Canaan? This pause is to give me time to have a drink. He travelled through the land, didn't he? He wandered. Uh, I might say he, he reconnoitred. He was having a good recce. Do you reckon? Reckon he's having a recce. Uh, he, was, he was looking around just to see what there is. And sometimes it's a good idea. I mean, I've been doing just some wandering around the village just to see where people, where, where the village is. You go and wander around, you see what you see. Um, if you like, you can call it a prayer walk, whatever you like to call it. You can actually wander around and see the place where you're going. And he carried right on. Notice the Canaanites were in the land. So that must have been a bit worrying for him. Um, they, weren't, they weren't perhaps 
enemies in those days as they were later on, but uh, nevertheless, that's one thing he noticed. Right up to the great tree of Moray. I like trees, and um, I think trees are wonderful, and very often there's some very significant trees that are mentioned in the Bible, some of which may be even standing today. Uh, I mean, there are some trees that are more than 2,000 years old, uh, and those trees have, have seen a lot. There's a lot of wisdom accumulated in a tree. I wonder if the, if the trees had ears. And then, something very significant happened. The Lord appeared to Abraham. This is the first time in the Bible that the Lord appeared to a person. Okay, people heard him speak, but here it says quite clearly, the Lord appeared to Abraham. And he had uh, uh, what the theologians would call a theophany. God appeared uh, before him. A very special moment. I wonder if you've had such a moment at some point where you felt particularly God uh, met with you uh, in a particular way. But that was a key moment for Abraham. Now God has, the Lord, Yahweh, has appeared to him. Don't forget, uh, Abraham is not coming from a Jewish tradition. He's coming from a pagan tradition. In his previous tradition, he would have met all sorts of gods and done all sorts of things, but the Lord has called him out of that to follow the one true God, Yahweh. And, and now, um, he, the Lord appears to him, so Abraham has first-hand encounter with the living God. Fantastic. A bit scary, though, I think. If we were to meet God face-to-face like that, it would probably be a bit scary. But God actually wants to be in relationship with us. And in this special moment, he gives Abraham a, a, an extension of the promise. To your offspring, I will give this land. That is such a key promise throughout the whole of the Old Testament and, and indeed into, into the New and up until now. Um, and there's two parts to that promise. To your offspring. How old is Abraham? 75, no kids. <laughs> you must be having a laugh, Lord. Um, and of course, when Isaac's born, of course, he's called, he laughs. So, you know, it seems impossible that God could make that promise, but he does. To your offspring, I will give this land. So, offspring, in other words, a nation descended from you and land, the two parts of the promise. And those are key parts, the people and the land are key throughout the whole of the Old Testament as we go through. So what did Abraham do? Turn back to your scriptures and tell me what Abraham did when the Lord encountered him and gave him this promise. He built an altar, yes, and also he called on the name of the Lord. And um, this is the first time an individual has been said to call on the name of the Lord. Although it does say in in Genesis 4, at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. So there were lots of other gods, but occasionally someone would call. But now, Abraham calls on the name of Yahweh, the name of the Lord. And he builds an altar. In other words, he worships. Uh, He would have worshipped in a different way to the way we worship now. But nevertheless, worship, giving worth to this God who he'd encountered. And that's what worship is all about. So, here's Abraham. God has called him. Uh, God, he has been obedient. 
God has given him a promise. He's arrived in the land and, uh, and he bows down and worships, having encountered God. What a fantastic start of a spiritual journey. Now, I don't know where you are on your spiritual journey, um, but you can see the progress that Abraham's making. Everyone is different. No two people travel the same spiritual journey. So, you know, your journey is unique. Your experiences are unique to you. And, and that's great. So there's no saying, oh, I've got a better experience than you. No, no, it doesn't work that way. We all experience God in different ways. So Abraham uh, arrives in the land, he worships God, uh, and then finally, what does he do next? He moves on. It set out and continued towards the Negev. Does anyone know what the Negev is? The desert, yeah. Fancy coming into a nice land flowing with milk and honey and then moving off to the desert. I don't know. Presumably God called him on that next part of his journey. And that's where the journey will continue another week. 